five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh, and this is the WDMA, and you're going to want to stay tuned for this show. Uh, Ellen Cousins, my friend in Minnesota, Ellen sent me a video on YouTube and said, this sounds like you. Now, I don't know in what sense it sounds like me, uh, but it's, I thought it was really funny. Fun. Dinner is on us. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. But um, Keith, you know you can take your mask off at the table. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know I'm wearing it half the time. <laughs> well, I heard the CDC is going to lift all mask mandates soon. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's it's like COVID's not over, but it's just going to stop. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh, you know, that reminds me of this article I read. Oh, honey, where... no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in Bloomberg, and I thought it was interesting. Like direct what, mail. Uh, what article? <laughs> well, it Honey. Was... <laughs> it was just saying how mask mandates had, I don't know, little to no effect on COVID. <laughs> Gina. Did any of us ever need the mask? No! <laughs> My God. My God. I'm so glad I said that out loud. Of course we needed the mask. We don't have to wash our hands anymore, do we? <laughs> I never did. <laughs> Too much it it takes away beneficial bacteria on your skin and that bacteria actually protects you from a lot of stuff where we are here i've actually got the bloomberg article i marked it up a little i should note and i think everybody should note this is an opinion piece by faye flam it's an opinion piece okay now they published it so they must you know, it's like editorial. Um, they let her go. But uh, it's very thoughtful. And I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in it. She mentions a blue, uh, a Bangladesh study uh, with a with a small but sti- significantly but a sig- statistically significant benefit. Uh, people who consistently used masks, 7.6 percent got symptomatic infections compared to 8.6 percent in the control group. So the control group, I don't know what the control group was like haphazard mask use, like most of us, because, <laughs> you know, I did it for a year. Let's not talk about the quality of the mask, but, you know, even unless they were going to mandate me shaving off my beautiful beard, which I probably was not unlikely to do, you can't, you just can't get a good mask fit uh, on here. Uh, plus the question of the permeability of masks, you have to be able to breathe. And viruses are very, very tiny. So uh, a lot of good stuff in here. I recommend you read it. Uh, but I have a lot of wild news sources. I was the 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 uh, SNL skit has a lot in there about vaccinations and whether and questioning whether they had they were effective. And um, so I just scanned the news on this, and it uh, this was from. The Rio Times, never heard of the Rio Times. But one of the things you'll note about this show, I think, is that we have wider news sources than probably anybody else you'll ever listen to. (laughs) 
I I have a lot of diversity of opinion here. Whether it's correct or not, whether it's misinformation or not, I can't tell you. But, you know, at least they mention stuff. So they summarize a report from Denmark where it where where Denmark said 56% double vaccinated are getting 65% of other variants and 79% of Omicron, which is something to think about. Uh, it also mentions that in, um, where was it? They, they mentioned several country, countries. And what they're basically saying is that the vaccinated are more vulnerable to new variants than the unvaccinated. Now, I did a show probably March of 2020, two years ago, where um, a study was, was uncovered that showed that, that uh, military personnel on a base, the ones that had received the flu shot, were actually more vulnerable than the ones who hadn't to COVID-19. And uh, so, you know, one of the challenges here is, is that vaccines are even the most benign, you know, like, you know, the, the smallpox vaccine took cowpox because milkmaids got cowpox, milk in the cows, and didn't get smallpox. And a doctor observed that. So he started inoculating people with cowpox. It's close enough to smallpox, but without the hugely deadly symptoms. And what he found was that that worked. And that was kind of the, the beginning of vaccination. Don't, this is historical information. Don't take it as medical advice. Um, but anyway, even in those cases where it's, you know, it's the most benign and later they, they learn to use like dead versions of a bacteria or something, which would also trick the immune system. But we're trying to trick your immune system. Now, when you try modifying the immune system, then you run the risk of either overtuning it to a particular disease and being more vulnerable to variants or having it over over enabling it to where it starts attacking yourself one of the one of the big issues in covid was that it could cause inflammation in other areas of the body most importantly the lungs but also uh in the vascular system so you you get myocarditis See, I'm not a medical guy. Uh, increases and other things. So uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky game you're playing. But to assume that it's benign is um, is never the case when you're shooting something in your body. And uh, and so some recommended increased vitamin D, which seemed to be, which seemed to have a, a factor, and uh, other things that were. You know, other populations like the cowpox, the, the milkmaids, populations were found that weren't getting COVID and they were taking other things that were not related, seemingly unrelated to COVID. And so I believe that's how they found the HCQ um, was uh, because people were taking that for lupus and those that population had lower COVID. And so um, there were alternatives, but in our culture, we we banned those those suggestions, and so Bloomberg is now saying maybe we should be looking at them. And I have always agreed with that. And that's the importance of direct marketing. In direct marketing, we do testing so that we can hear from the marketplace. And so, 
And you know, it's really interesting because if you if you go over to scientificadvertising.com, um, you can get you can get the uh, the book written in 1922, I think, or published in 1922. And in there, Claude Hopkins says that we don't have to we don't have to wonder what the what the theories of boosted results in advertising are. The direct mail industry has been uncovering these for 50 years. That's in that's in scientificadvertising.com. Uh, the book is there, downloadable for free by Claude Hopkins. Excellent book. You can also for ten dollars you can get the audio book, which I did. Um, and so th- these things are well proven. The stuff that Summer Gould talks about is is not her own ideas or opinions about effective advertising. This is these are principles that have been proven for. 100 years, okay, 150 years. And as I explained the other day, in order to go from the past, all data is past, all data is historical, to the future, in order to make that move, the way science does it is they test and test and test and test and test with variations, and they have first a hypothesis that they're testing, then they get data, then they reframe make more observations, test some more, more hypothesis, more data, and eventually from that emerges a theory of causation. If you do this, then this will happen. Unless you get to that point, you're just whistling in a windstorm and you have no idea what's going to happen next. Right? It's the theory that gives you the ability to go from the past to the future. And so that's what what summer, summer isn't giving you all this background, but that's the essence of what's going on. So, you know, use color envelopes, make them stand out. This is part, This is not only to get noticed, this is five ways to get your direct mail noticed. But really, it's about how to get the envelope open. Remember yesterday when we were talking about irresistible mail, there was little or nothing on the envelopes that, that made you want to open it to find out that there's a video or there's a, an audio in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's cheese fair week for us uh, Eastern Orthodox Christians, and that means we get to eat a lot of cheese, which gives me heartburn. And so then I get the acid reflux stuff, and it makes me cough. Again, more medical advice. That's what my doctor said to me. Yes, I go to doctors. <laughs> So color is inviting. It stands out. There are many colors available that do not drastically increase costs. can be very inexpensive. On the other hand, testing a pink versus a blue response envelope is not the first thing you do if somebody who knows something is looking at your mailing piece. Probably not. Okay? Use stamps. There's machines that can affix stamps. It makes it look like it's more personal because nobody does it, okay? Am I telling you to do it? No. I'm always telling you to test it, okay? But where you want to get a professional like Summer or myself involved or or Mike uh, Gunderson or, you know, whatever, you want to get a professional involved because the best tests are somewhere in between the trivial 
the color of the envelope might be trivial in comparison to other mistakes you might be test you should be testing first or the the idiotic you don't want to test the idiotic like is there a is there a response device oh and gunderson got back to me way to go mike uh, and I asked him if you remember I made the, the point yesterday that you know if it co- if it raised fifty two thousand dollars how much did it cost to do it <laughs> you know because the average the average uh, advertising <laughs> millennial person you know I've had some firsthand experiences where they'd say well if we raised if we raised fifty two thousand and we spent fifty two thousand that would be break even. Yeah, except for my time and if if you were actually selling anything in nonprofit it might or you know in fundraising it might. I wonder if they got a nonprofit rate. Anyway, Mike said the cost of the of the piece may and maybe he put in something for his creative time and all that. But the cost of the piece, I'm just gonna take him at his word, was about seventeen thousand. And so that was about a five time uh or a four time return on investment. Four hundred percent ROI. Okay, you know, I'm not looking at his books. I'm not his accountant, so I don't know how carefully that was done. But that's the kind of answer I wanted to hear. Way to go, Mike. Excellent. Excellent. And part of that's because he probably used, uh, you know, digital printing technology, even if it was color copiers. You know, he he did the mail because he only mailed out 350 pieces. And one of the advantages of three dimensional, I think last year he had a he had a jump rope in there. One of the advantages is you can buy a bunch of jump ropes. There's no variable cost. If anything, it might get lower if you can figure out where to buy, you know, 350 of them. But it's not like setting up a Rotogravir press where the setup is tens of thousands of dollars. If you want to print one piece, it would be, let's say, $10,000. But if you want to print 10 million amortized across 10 million pieces, it's the most cost-effective way to put ink on paper pretty much anyway use stamps use larger pieces here's a mailing piece it says master fertilizer is offering high quality lawn care at a low price straightforward offer might want to have some kind of coupon or something to trigger up for a limited time 20 percent off if you book before the grass starts growing or something like that would have been better I was at, and then it says Heartland, Wisconsin. Now I live in Heartland, Wisconsin. So, you know, what they're doing is they're basically, (laughs) they're personalizing it by geography. And either this is a franchise that somebody in Heartland bought into, or it's, you know, somebody in Chicago that just customizes these for each little town all around the, the major Chicago area. Then it's extremely ugly on the backside. I don't know if you can see it. Extreme ugliness on the backside. And I can't even see that it's highly that it's highly uh, customized. So I don't know why they had to go so ugly. There's almost no visual hierarchy. I like that it's huge type so that I could read this without glasses. That's especially important as, you know, as America ages, okay? No call to action to speak of except no QR code, no nothing, except a phone number down at the bottom that doesn't really look like a Heartland phone number, but could be because they're all mixed up now. Okay, so this is an oversized piece, just like that. It came at home, it came bent in half because my mailbox is 
smaller at home. <clears throat> but that's a good example. Okay, larger pieces, you can take advantage of that. I think that's even bigger. That's that looks like eight and a half by eleven or 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 something like that. Eight by ten. That wouldn't fit into here. You could go six by ten. But they could have done this to qualify for a postcard rate. They didn't. So some mistakes there. And this is typical. Okay. Use taglines, fun taglines to get to get your envelopes to uh, opened. Use targeting, obviously targeting. Fishing lures, make sure you're targeting people who use lures. And that is difficult. That is difficult. Okay, it's not difficult in a Cabela's where we could do the fishing. Everybody that bought fishing, when we got their original data, got a check mark. The problem was that if you bought one fishing lure ever, so you bought $5 worth of fishing and you bought $500 or $5,000 worth of hunting stuff, you still got all the fishing stuff. So it was too it was too binary. And we also found out that something between 5 and 10% of the people that had their X's checked or didn't were wrong. That they had bought fishing and they weren't checked or they hadn't bought chicken fishing and they were checked. So always have somebody check your data because it's most likely wrong. And we can usually find tens of thousands of people that shouldn't be mailed that are being mailed repeatedly and pay more than pay for our services. Okay, uh, summer, to change only one thing at a time was the way I learned testing, so I understand it. But with modern machine learning, we can throw 300 variables, kind of like that example of populations. What they do is they model populations. They say, who's getting COVID? Or better yet, who isn't getting COVID? It's always easier to mod to, to model the nons than the 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 noes than the yeses. It happens to be who is unlikely to buy the people who've never bought fishing in your Cabela's catalog. Are the fishermen? You can say, well, let's go after the fishermen because they're more likely to buy. Yeah, well, the fishermen buy and they don't buy on their own schedule. But the people who've never bought fishing, let's not mail them. That you see how that's much a, a much cleaner segmentation. Again, nuances. But the way they found uh, HCQ, I believe, was because lupus patients were taking it regularly. Or there was some drug that lupus patients were taking regularly and weren't getting COVID. And so they found the nose. They're not getting COVID. What, what's unique about them? And they ran through, then they ran through that population. They found out, well, there many are taking this uh, hydrochloroquine as a as a treatment for lupus. So maybe that's why, maybe there's some connection. Again, this is that this was an effort to let the marketplace, let the real world tell us the answer. And then to say, well, we have no theory of medicine that, that explains why HCQ, which is, a, which is an anti-malaria uh, drug, has any effect for COVID. True. <laughs> you have no theory for that. It doesn't make it false. See, interesting stuff. So thank you, Ellen, for sending me this summer. We can test 300 variables at once, believe it or not. But then you want to keep the creative pretty similar. We can also have one variation maybe on the creative. But that would, you know, you have to have a couple of hundred thousand in the mail at basically the same time. Have a great day. Like and share. Give me a call. Join the WDMA. Oops.
I never did go back to showing you the underlined stuff. Here it is. Go over to WDMA, subscribe, and you can get this, all the marked up stuff and the Bloomberg article and the, and the uh, what was that, Rio Times from Rio de Janeiro. So there you go. Have a great day.